What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, very special guest. I'm here with Jerry Caritas. We are here to talk about Cicada Samurai. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, an interesting aspect of us reading over a lot of summaries on Kickstarter is the ultimate fact of just the introduction itself. What basically brought you to this point to basically this is your first Kickstarter. This is your first creator own comic. What essentially brought you to this moment? So I, I've been working in comics um, for an indie publisher called Blue Juice Comics for the last two years. It's a bunch okay. of friends of mine own that company. Um, we all worked together 14, 13 years ago on a TV show called Comic Book Men. That's like Kevin Smith's show. Yes, sir. And um, so I was a producer. All the guys at, at, at Blue Juice were you know, the audio mixer, the cinematographer, one of the ACs had a story idea. He's now a screenwriter. Um, so they formed Blue Juice Comics and they started working. That was when I started reading comics. I had not, I didn't grow up reading comics. I didn't have okay. that. I didn't have that experience. My geek thing when I was a kid was TV, you know, serialized television. So that, right. that was my thing that I loved. Star Trek, you know, that was my, that was my jam as a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, comics, I started reading on the set of comic book men. So the first, the first comic I read was um, The Walking Dead. And that was the oh. very first comic book series I ever picked up and, and read. Um, so fast forward to now, I, you know, I've been a TV producer for the last, since I was like in my 20s. Um, it's a long time ago now. And um, I wanted to just be able to write my own stories and tell them. And most of what I've done in TV is uh, reality TV. You don't mm -hmm. get to script that, you know. And so oh. um, I had these ideas for stories I wanted to tell. So I started writing them and, and here I am. Well, now we're basically with this title of Cicada Samurai. Like you, you described it as a gory, horror, action-driven comic. Now, the fact that the first comic book that you picked up was The Walking Dead, would you say that your preference of genre is horror more than anything? For sure. I mean, I think I think I like spooky. I like spooky with a sense of humor. I like funny comics, you know, that are... Um, you can do things in comics that you can't do on TV or in a movie. You know, you'd get like an X rating for the kind of violence you put in a comic book. It's true because you know, it's a drawing. The drawing you can get away with a lot more, and I enjoy that. I like that kind of like even in doing like a lot of reality TV, I would always try to have these jokes that were in the shows that would sneak in just under the radar of the you know the the practices and uh, guidelines people at the network. Oh yeah, um, yeah, just like just you know just under what's the threshold here? Let me get in just under that. Um, so I enjoy doing that comics, and like I think in in this case, um, I, I just got obsessed with cicadas. And then I came up with this character based on, you know, a lot of my own personal experiences. Not that I'm a samurai or a cicada, but but the character is uh, sort of based on, you know, a lot of what's going on in my life right now. And um, and that was it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I read a lot of um, other writers talking about their process. And right. a lot of them just say things like, um, I think it's John Cameron Mitchell who did, he did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Did you ever see that movie? And it was a movie, it was a musical, it was a, or an mm. album. It was it was a rock show in like the '90s that became a musical, and uh, he used to say, "Just take things you love and mash them together." Right. You know, and then if they they might work, and you end up making something magical and cool, and you know, hopefully original. And I think that's kind of where I'm trying to just take some stuff I was kind of into and vibe them together, see if it works. Well, uh, talk I talk about talk about perfect timing because I mean, the beginning of this summer, I mean, I think we were kind of infested with the cicadas all the way throughout the entire. The entire region. I live in Jersey. I know you're up in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. Were, we were getting like attacked left and right. So I, and I, so I grew up here. Yeah. And it was all it was all like 
the millions of them just come out of the ground every I think it was 17 X. years every 17 years and so you know I started thinking about that number and like I have kids my kids are 12 10 and 7 and as the older ones get older and older they start to do more and more stuff without me you know that mm -hmm. I that I can't like you can't protect them anymore so I was reading I had all this in my head you know during the pandemic when we were all like higher anxiety right so I had all my anxieties were at the surface and then I started reading about cicadas and you know, they come out of the ground every 17 years. They live for like three weeks and then that's they it. die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they're above ground long enough to mate and drop dead. And that's it. Like that's their whole life, you know, yeah. which is not a bad life. Not a bad life to have, right? Just sucking um, on tree roots. <laughs> that's it for 17 years. And then they're all just like waiting to go above and have Marty and drop dead. And um, I, my thought was, what if there was one of these cicadas who was immortal who his his only job was to protect all of these millions of cicadas all at one time as they are basically teenagers going out into the world for the first time mm -hmm. um you know and they're i started reading about them they're, they're fascinating like i don't get too like scientific and weird about it but like you know they're they're basically defenseless they're just stupid flies they're just gigantic dopey yeah. like teen like teenagers you know they just go out in the world they don't know anything yet and they start like doing stupid shit and you gotta like every once in a while rein them in you know yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, they're also even in a, a biblical kind of sense. They're they're otherwise paraphrased as locusts. Yeah, people think that. So that was the whole thing when Europeans got here. They mm -hmm. had never seen cicadas. They thought they were locusts. They yeah. thought they were a plague from the devil. You right. Know, they, and like when they came out of the ground, they're green and they have these big red. Like they come out in this weird shell and then they pull their way out of the shell and they're bright green with these big red eyes. Mm -hmm. And the superstition was their eyes are red because they've been staring into the fires of hell underground. Like yeah. the Europe, these these are people who wanted to burn witches, you know. So they so like they were a superstitious bunch, um, and so that's kind of where my fascination with those critters started. And I thought, you know, th there should be there are these hornets that eat them. There foxes and birds eat millions of them every time mm -hmm. they emerge. It's like a feast for these animals. And so I thought, you know, there should be one whose job it is to try and keep them safe. And he's going to fail like all parents fail. You know, yeah. some kids are going to make it and they're going to be great. Every once in a while, one's going to slip through your fingers. He's got to take care of millions of them. Mm -hmm. So imagine that like I, you know, I get anxiety about three of them. Imagine I had a million kids that I alone was charged with the responsible. The for. Yeah. So that's the whole that was kind of that's kind of his where he's coming from. So when when he's narrating the story, um, it very much sounds like a parent you know, kind of whose job it is to take care of these kids. And even he doesn't know why, like, yeah, you know, he's been around for over a hundred years. He's done this for six generations. Um, there is technically nothing saying that he can't just walk out the door. Yeah, that's true. You know, but he has some kind of like a noble sense of duty. And that to me screams samurai. So that's how I brought those things together. Yeah. Cause I was, I was looking at, uh, if you, if you're talking about it from that aspect, when you're saying that basically he's immortal, he's the, like pretty much the only one that's above ground when the, right. when, when basically those millions unfold. So he's sitting right. and waiting and he knows basically about every sense of prey that's pretty much right. going to hit these, hit the millions of these cicadas as soon as they pop out of the ground. And that's it. I've got him kind of, he's, he goes below with them while they're waiting to emerge and kind of, it's kind of like the one, he's like a resident, like an, R, an RA in college, you know, his job is to kind of guide you. He knows a little bit more, you know, yeah. but they've never seen the sun. They don't even, they have no idea. They've never, they have no idea what's up there. And so some, they're not going to listen. Some of them are not going to, some of them are going to go off and do their own thing. And he's got to, you know, take out the swords and save them. Man. 
So describe to me, basically, uh, you, you, you've talked about your background in reality TV and, and basically you're, you're once into doing this first, uh, creator owned comic of yours. You've also, um, are basically starting your own imprint in Thorny right. Comics. Now, what basically is going to be the, the premise of this? Now you, you're starting at issue zero. Uh, it's yep. going to be a mini in, in the hopes of, uh, it, well, sorry, congratulations already because you've already pretty much been funded. Thank but it, it, in basically focusing on your imprint as well, as well as the first comic, what do you hope to achieve going forth now that you've basically started your own business with this? I mean, the dream is to quit quit the day job. Ah. Like the dream the dream down the road is that is that this is something I'm really enjoying. And if I can make this the thing I do to make a living, that would be that would be amazing. Hmm. Um, you know, I've been joking with some friends of mine. You always like when you're when you're doing TV, any kind of creative thing where you have executives at a network or a studio or whatever, where they give you notes and sometimes you get notes and you're like, oh, I gotta like undo this thing that I really love that I worked hard on. Mm -hmm. And so I've been telling I, a friend of mine is working on a show and he keeps on getting these really crazy notes. And I called him up and I said, so I wrote this comic book about, you know, all my anxieties as parenting, but it also has like insect samurai um, and, and like a murder hornet, you know, how many network notes I've gotten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, I mean, this is great. You know, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I'm working with friends. I can kind of pick and choose who I want to, you know, reach out to about, being artists on the series and stuff like that um and you know apart from apart from um cicada samurai is the first the first book i'm doing that's one that i'm writing um i'm working with an artist named mary landro she's amazing mm -hmm. she's a canadian artist with a really big following online uh, she did her own kickstarter a few months back that did really well um and she's like super entrepreneurial every time every, every couple of weeks she launches some other side business that's online like wow she's awesome anyway really great very talented um i'm also writing a book uh called the grizzly crew which is more of like a uh all ages story um okay. and then apart from that i'm going to be publishing things that i'm not writing so you know i can't i don't i don't plan to just use it to write my own projects um that's one of my focuses but you know, I, I want I want it to grow into something that can be self-sustaining. And so to do that, you know, you need to bring in other people, other creators, creative teams and projects. And um, the next thing I'm going to launch, actually, is uh, it's called Reign of Dracula. It's Rich Davis who did Cult of Dracula, which was at yep. Source Point. Um, he's doing right now Prometheus and Chains, which is, at, I think, Red Red Five Comics. Um, and so I'm doing I'm doing the sequel to one of the sequels to Cult of Dracula. Um, so that'll be our next, we'll do that as a Kickstarter. We'll do some special editions for, for fans. And then that'll be in stores next year. And you, so that's, that's the next goal. I want to, I want to, I want to put comics. I want to print them. I want to put them in stores. Yeah. Talk about hit the ground running, man. It looked like you basically just started out the gates and you pretty much already got a lot of pro projects already at your whim. Well, I'm, I'm really lucky. Cause again, I like my, my buddies at blue juice comics. Um, I've been helping them and working with them for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, so I, I basically got to learn the whole industry you know through their company that they've built for the last 10 years now mm. um so i was working as an editor on their their projects and bonnie the accelerators and billy the kit um you know and through billy the kit creator of that show that that book is justin gray and he's a big he's a big kickstarter oh, uh, yeah. creator owned artist yeah so yeah, he does I have some of his uh hope comics yes yeah he actually um he just had some three and four go down yeah, yeah, he had a he had literally a tree fall on his whole house and destroyed 
Like they basically have to build them a new house, but it, it, it was scary. I was talking to him that day. He was in the hospital. His, his, um, the tree like basically fell on his daughter who was indoors. Wow. She's okay. They all got out of it physically unscathed, but like their whole world is, you know, upside down. But so that, that book's a little late now in being delivered. But all (laughs) Um, right. I mean, it's funded. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Absolutely. But uh, Billy the Kid is one of the, his book is one of the books that Blue Juice does. And so I got to work with him a lot and he's become a friend. Um, And so he guided me a lot for how to set up the Kickstarter and kind of, you know, what works and what doesn't and how to, how the fan base works. Cause it seems, it all seemed weird to me. Kickstarter seemed very strange. Cause in my yeah. mind, it was always before I knew that comics were starting to kind of explode on it. It was always that thing where it was like, I, I invented this. It's a little thing for an AirPod mm-hmm. and I want you to give me a few bucks and I'll make a prototype and then you'll get one. And that's it. You know, yeah. it, and, and the comics community is just like so hungry for a place to get a huge and just every time i hear someone say like comics are dying i laugh my ass off yeah i just laugh in their faces you know marvel and dc overall maybe their sales are i don't know where their sales are but like mm-hmm. every like there are so many people doing what i'm doing right now mm-hmm. and and a lot of them are getting funded directly yeah. by going directly to a few hundred people you get a few hundred people i'm not even i'm fully funded right now i've been at 100 people yet yeah, you know, if you can find a hundred people to support an idea that you have, you can make comics and you can sell them, and people are doing that, it. And, no, you know, no, that's the that's so, the whole reason for the platform. Every single I love it. you see behind me is an indie comic, and I probably got a whole another shelf and a half of just yeah. straight indies. But the thing is, yeah. Kickstarter and a lot of other platforms have been able to basically get the jump start. Kickstarter, of course, being the OG now. Uh, right. But with like Zoop and Crowdfunder and and of course the affluential <laughs> Indiegogo, um, right. those those type of platforms have 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 been able to be successful due to the fact that a lot of a lot of generated profit for their company has been based through comics. Right. Yeah, and yeah, then the thing and is that's like, it. Yeah, they they focus. And it's on- great. And, and, like the comics community, basically, like, it's very hard for shops these days to carry indie books. They don't know if you're going to be around next month. It's a gamble, you know, so they they kind of have to lean into the capes and the tights, which are great stories. You know, the writers mm-hmm. on those books are wonderful. There's no knock on. I love I love I read I've read everything Batman related in the last few years. You know, I love superhero stories. Right. Um, but, you know, people who are doing like what I'm doing, it's hard to just do this directly. A lot of people will go the route of trying to get a job at Marvel and then launch your own indie book while you're at Marvel. Yeah. Um, and now you can kind of skip that. You can you can go straight to the people, tell the stories you want to tell to the people who are interested in it. And Kickstarter is just like a great place where all these fans have descended on it and decided, yeah, I, I support these and I want you to keep coming back. Mm. So hopefully that's why I did this. I did it as a short. Um, you know, I have a couple of covers by people I really like. I like Walt Flanagan from Comic Book Men. Who yeah. I, I met on Comic Book. He's a great artist. He did a cover for me. Oh. Um, Mary did too. And then Takashi Okazaki, you created. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, holy shit! Like the, (laughs) all right, that name stuck out. Why? Because I was a gigantic Afro Samurai fan, and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The the fact that you got Takashi Okazaki, uh, to basically uh, handle the character designs that you did for this book, was like, oh, damn, he basically got the Afro Samurai creator to start doing these character designs for you. 
How right. I know that you had like a little bit of connections and everything and everything like that, but how does that happen? Um, this is pretty funny. I I have I actually do have some connections in comics, but I sent him a message on Instagram. No shit. He, that's it. And he wrote back. That's the whole story. I wish I could tell you that I like knew some secret code or called somebody at, and, and got like his we don't he doesn't speak English. I don't speak Japanese. Yeah. I, I sent him a message on Instagram. He he had done this cover for I think it was a, a werewolf cover. It might have been for a Marvel book, like Werewolf by Night or something like that. Okay. But he had he had done this big pinup. It was on Instagram. I was I was like scrolling through artists that I wanted to try and work with for this project. And I was like, I'm gonna send I'm gonna send him to reach out. I'm gonna see what happens. And I sent him a message. And a couple of days later he wrote back and he was like I love cicadas. Let's talk. <laughs> Here's my email address. That's it. I, I had no idea. Cicadas are a very big thing in Japanese culture. I didn't know that they had them there, you know? I didn't but know that he, he immediately sent me back all these images of Japanese toys and cartoon characters from when he was a kid well, that all look like cicadas. And... If you think about it, Kamen Rider, like those those older exactly. like Tokahatsu type uh, storylines, yes. Kamen Rider looks like an insect. Yes. You know? And, and, and I've gotten a few people online actually point that out that the character, my like my art looks a little bit like that. Yeah. It kind of does look like that. And, and yeah. I was stationed in Kadena Air Force Base for about like oh, eight wow. months. So I've never seen cicadas out there. They're probably like in the northern end of the island or anything like like in Okinawa, maybe. But I never right. saw them on the island or anything like that. But the, the fact that that went down and you know, for one, I mean, shoot, congratulations for getting that. And for yeah. for two, thank God for Google Translate because he you oh it was it, amazing. You wrote it in English and he probably answered back in Japanese and then you just translated that shit out. It's it. like like how and, do you work? I just got lucky. He was I think he had an opening and he was into it. He would like the idea, yeah. and so he did. He did um he did the initial designs for the main character, which is what I used for his cover in in the, oh. on the Kickstarter. That's his original. You know, first that's the first time I saw the character in action. Okay. That it was black, actually black and white, and I had someone, I had someone uh, slam it, Mugiono do the color for it, and he did a great job. Right. And so that was, um, that's that's just the first time I saw the character. He drew me like a little design, you know, with all the details pointed out. There are three knives in his belt and the extra set of arms, and the whole idea. I had this idea in my head of the character being basically humanoid inside of this giant. Yeah. Yes, because when you in my when I was a kid, every time the cicadas emerged, you know, you know this too. You grew up in Jersey, right? Yeah. So you find them all around. Dead oh, they're all the, over the place. Shell. It's just oh. a shell. And they you crunch know? when you like if you yes. step on them accidentally. Yes. So I wanted that to be the samurai armor. So I, I wanted it to be this big, bulky kind of thing that looked almost like he would be immobile, but it really is the thing that makes him look, you know, completes the look of a cicada. So it has the big red eyes on it, and he he just nailed it. Um, he also did a pass on a couple of the other characters that we haven't seen in the, sh in, in the book yet, um, that we will in this in the first issue later on. And then he, he, you know, he's incredibly busy and like he actually started bouncing ideas off me for the story. He really mm -hmm. liked it. Oh, it's great. It's like if you're going to do like a samurai story and you can't get Kurosawa, you know, because he's not around anymore. I read that in the summary, by the way. Yes. Yes. Takashi is like amazing, you know. 
I ran the story by him and he was like, you know, if you did, he was referencing other samurai movies that I had been watching in anticipation of doing the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should, if you do this in the next cycle, you could do seven samurai down the road. And like, I, I was like, I had the same ideas. I'm going to do it. Like, it was awesome. It was like, so cool. And then I, I, I was honestly begging him for a little bit. I was like, can you please, is there any way that you could do the art inside the book? He just, he has like three animation projects. He was doing star oh, Wars yeah. visions for Marvel. The, he did the book. He just did that. Marvel. Yes, that came out. So this is this is I, this, my 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 relationship back and forth with him has been going on for a little over a year. Oh, so man. he had just started working on the Star Wars thing. All started um, from you just shooting your shot. I just was like, hey, you, I, you know, what does it cost me to look like an idiot? You know, worst yeah. case, he never responds, or he okay. writes back and goes, yeah. like, no. Who, do you know who I am? That's what he yeah. could have said. He would have been in it well with well with his rights to be like. I do like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Like I do. You're right. I apologize. It was my bad. Man, uh, so but I just like- I just got lucky. And then Mary, Mary, um Mary initially was busy too. And then a few weeks later I saw that she kind of opened up for commissions again. And I asked her and she was like, Yeah, let's do it. So she's been working on the pages ever since. Mm. And she's and she's great. She's amazing. She has she has like somewhere in between uh like an American comic book style and like a a manga style. So it's like not all the way as far as what Takashi was doing. It's a little bit, you know, somewhere in the middle, but, um, but it's like, it's a very, it's another different take on the character. We made him older, you know, Takashi's version looks a little bit uh, like, like a tiny. child. Yes. Yeah. And so we wanted, we wanted the young ones to look younger. So we needed the main guy to look a little older. Right. Now, even in a sense, you've, you've, you've decided to pitch this completely out the gate with this first Kickstarter with maybe around eight to 10 pages. Not a lot of people do that within the mini. And then right. basically like setting your goal for around like close to just like 2,500. I just want to get these like first ones out the gate and I just want to showcase the first 10 pages of the story. Now, right. essentially, you know, uh, I, from what I've heard, because I, I know you wanted to do this, you felt like you wanted to basically assume that the stretch goals would actually stretch out the comic. And, it, and it, you know, I kind of, I wasn't planning. I'll be honest about this. I was planning on eight pages. Okay. And the stretch, the stretch goals were not going to stretch the book. That was that was not part of my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was finishing writing it, I thought to myself, I, you know, I wanted to keep the cost down, so that's why I was going for eight pages. Um, and I wanted to just kind of it's a test balloon, see if people like it at all, and if people are like, eh, I know I'm not going. I don't need to do a full thing I, I can pivot i can change i can you know make make uh make adjustments yeah um but as i was writing it it was hard it was very hard to just get a little story an introduction to the world it's a lot of a lot of information you know that you got to kind of hide in in the story and not have just a whole page of text where someone's telling you the backstory <laughs> you know i didn't want right, to do that right. so i you know i tried to parse it out and 10 pages felt better so i just i had the eight page version yeah. And as soon as I hit my funding goal as quickly as I did, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for the 10-page version. And okay. and it was additional stuff later in the story, so Mary hadn't gotten there yet um, mm-hmm. in the art. So we're going, we're going for 10 pages. Okay. Now, uh, initially, did you want this to be a one-shot, or did you want to like, basically just make this a whole series? No, I always kind of thought of it as a series. I just okay. didn't, I didn't okay. want to – I didn't want to like – I'm trying to be smart about the business side of it, you know, because t- producing it as a passion – of mine um but i didn't want to you know throw all my like any all of my own personal money 
um, into it if people weren't going to be interested in buying it. You know, so right. I, I wanted to do the test balloon, but I always want, I, you know, my hope was that the test balloon is very much set up to tell the story. Mm. You know, it's just, it's just to ba basically set up this, the story in this one, in this one shot, two of the cicada teenagers, basically the younger cicadas yes. have decided to do what teenagers do and not, not listen to what they, they've been told. Yeah. Like they're just telling us it's scary up there. It's not scary up there. We're going to go check it out. So two of them decide to go on a walkabout above ground and they immediately get into danger. Mm -hmm. um, and so our, our hero has to, you know, unexpectedly for the first time in 17 years, his, his armor has been hanging up since the last generation of mm -hmm. cicadas. So he's just been basically like meditating and trying to keep these kids in check for 17 years. Now he's got on the sword and the armor and go above ground and save these kids from, from what the mess they've gotten themselves into. Now the, and oh oh I'm sorry the, the no go ahead yeah the villains in this story of course we talked about the cicada killing hornets who, who I had to I had to go into and research and everything like that and yes uh, like nature is fucking crazy but it's horrible it's absolutely amazing I read about that I read about that what that what that thing does and right away I was like that is that's a comic book villain I don't even have to change anything like, no. what it does in real life is awful you know yeah so, <laughs> but outside of that birds. You know, maybe yeah. even uh, some type of uh, some type of rodents, maybe a squirrel or two, might find the ground. You know, foxes, like foxes they, eat tons of them. So, are all these villains basically showcased in this comic? In this issue, no. In this issue, we meet we meet the hornet. The hornet has sort of a cameo, um, and there's one one monster above ground. So, if you think about it, like the 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 cicadas and the main character Roju, who's the samurai, they're all they're actually cicadas so they're this big yeah so a fox would be like godzilla yeah you know exactly. <laughs> it's like a dinosaur he's like fighting these monsters basically mm -hmm. um they're kaiju you know it's like that's kind of yeah. what it is he's fighting these like so so you know the the um in, in this one it's a raven it's a giant raven with like razor sharp claws and you know it's just a hungry bird that just doesn't doesn't care that you're a kid i want to eat you i'm going to kill you you know and then the parent has to come and try and protect you from that. That's the whole thing. Right. So, so that's it. That's, that's the whole thing. That's, um, that's the story in this first issue. And, and that's, so it's really just, you get a taste, you get the backstory, you get to meet the characters, you see some action right away, you know, yeah. like immediately there's some carnage. And then later on, there's a little bit more carnage. Um, and then you meet, we, we get to meet the villain that will be sort of the scary big bad for the whole first arc when I get there. Yeah. And, and and even so, I was even I, well, I was curious um, the life below ground for cicadas that we don't see because we only see them when they come out. Is right. that even showcased? Yes. So the, we see a little bit of it in this comic because they're all all the kids are below ground. They're just like it, it's this 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 story takes place like three or four weeks before they're they're meant to emerge. Supposed to emerge. So they're all getting antsy. They all have senioritis. They can't wait to get out. You know, they all they're all just like. I'm done. I want to graduate already. I want to get to prom. I want to get laid and I want to have my party and that's it. I want to go do my thing and, and be an adult and live my life now, you know? And, and um, so we get to see that underground very little, you know, it's just, I, again, I, I tend to, so um, that's not the focus as much, but when we go into the series, it'll be, you know, the first issue will be sort of leading up to them emerging. Mm, so there'll okay. be there's danger below ground too you know like animals dig them up moles will actually dig them up out of the ground and eat them in the burrows and stuff Dang. so there's 
they're they're that's why there are millions of them. That's why they make such a racket when they come out. You know, they're around for 17 years. They get one shot. So yeah. the only way the species survives is if there are millions of them, because half of them are going to get killed and eaten and all these horrible things. That's crazy. And and I can imagine within a matter of eight to ten pages that the 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 conflicts start pretty early. Oh, yeah, it's right away. OK, so yeah. the, the the next time that we could actually like look to find some type of like to actually like get, get outside of the action and look for any type of dialogue. And, and, and I'm sorry, you said the name of the main character. Roju. Roju. OK, yeah, just say I didn't know so that. <laughs> his name it, i actually didn't put any of that in the kickstarter i'm realizing no you didn't no i wanted to stay true to the japanese thing so i looked i i, I researched names that had like you know several meanings and things like that so roju is like an elder okay because i see uh, roju, one i'm thinking of a samurai and almost in a clint eastwood aspect it is like a man with no name yeah uh no this this one he has a name because he he was originally just a kid he was one of these kids mm -hmm. and then he got his powers you know we don't we have we don't learn that story in this in this issue but you know he he eventually got his powers um and then became immortal but he was just a kid with a name so he kept his name and mm. i mean you know when he was a kid his name doesn't make sense but eroju is basically like in in feudal japan when there were samurai they were like advisors they were elders the, the, you know, the village elders and stuff so that was like a title roju title so it's kind of like calling him a teacher or a you know professor damn yeah look man i i, I think uh I think for the most part, people are going to be genuinely surprised by like the 10 pages going into it and just basically like seeing all that action in the beginning. And then you you actually like because of the fact that it is cicadas and not a not a lot of people know about them unless you live unless you live around them. Right. And the storyline makes you want to research it. I mean, I know I had to because, of course, we were going to have this talk, but. From just from what I know from living on the East Coast and basically like seeing these things turn up every single time like i'm in my 40s now so i've seen them maybe like a few times and this summer yeah. it's been drenched with these damn things like yeah, they'll they were crazy. hit your car at full speed it won't leave a mark you'll just hear them bounce off and if you step on one it sounds like a bag of chips it does they're crazy they're, and that's what i mean they're they're they couldn't bite you if they wanted to they can't defend themselves nah. they're just big dumb flies that's all <laughs> that's all they are they have no defense they have no like they can't hurt you. The worst they could do is fly into your car and drop dead. It's like all suicide missions, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so they need a protector. That was the whole thing. But yeah, they, they're, they're fascinating. And, and all the other science behind it, like just the fact that they only, it's every, every, all the different species come every, like some of them come every year, right? Like smaller groups, but the big group is brood X and it comes every 17 years. Mm -hmm. And even that number, it's yeah. like why 17 i started did you read about that i started, I started reading about why 17 because yeah. the cicada the, the big cicada numbers are like 7 13, 13 and 17. 17. they're all prime numbers ah. and it's all and that's because no other animal lives on that cycle so there's no predator that can align itself with when they emerge so it's another survival thing so the ver whatever species of cicada lived a prime number of you know came back every every prime number of years that's the one that became dominant Damn. because that's the one that like the, the hornets can't sync up their cycle to set to 17 years. Right, 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 right. You know, the, the foxes don't know they're coming until they pop out of the ground. So they can't like prepare for it. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like it's nature is, though. Oh, absolutely. Nature. Like you said, nature is, is terrifying and horrible, but it's also beautiful and, and like yeah. perfect. You know, it's like perfect. Damn.
that now because it's eight to ten pages, is this going to get delivered like in a in just a modernized comic, or is it going to be man- manga style, like small book? No, it's gonna it, it's gonna be a full size comic. Okay, gotcha. full size American, yeah, modern comic. Nice man, look man, it, it, this was good talking with you, man. I'm 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 genuinely genuinely excited to see this like in full swing, and especially when this gets done and the Kickstarter is like basically all set ready. You got about like twenty days left, right? I have twenty. I think I'm twenty four. I, think I hit my funding goal. I had a very big like twelve hour span on Sunday night and like all day Sunday I was hitting refresh. Yeah, you know nothing. And then Sunday night at like eleven o'clock, I had a flurry of new supporters. I hit my goal, and then the next morning I woke up and I got an email from Kickstarter that they made me a project we love. So I get a little a little extra promotion, which is great. Um, you know I got to work on my on my other stretch goals now, and anything anything that any profits I get from this i put towards the the next the next book so so now uh, it's con season now are you are you looking to basically like promote this and and basically shake some hands and kiss some babies do do political uh, aspect of your marketing i've been doing i've been doing that uh with blue juice for the last couple years so i did the brooklyn comic-con this year um i did new york comic-con last year we did megacon the last two years um i actually just drove down to fairfax comic-con in virginia Mm-hmm. Um, a couple weeks, few weeks ago, um, so I don't, I don't have any plans yet to show up as me. Um, but you know, in the in the coming months, I don't know when our next one is. Actually, be a few months down the road, but we'll be doing we'll be doing more comic con. You know, I'll, I'm still working with the Blue Juice guys, so okay. I'll still be I'll still be doing cons with them going forward. And then um, they they have been very helpful when it comes time for me to put these books in stores. It'll be with Blue Juice. It'll be like in conjunction with them and all their infrastructure and all that. So. You know, it's very much like a, an imprint that I own, but that you know, it's working with them. So, yeah. you know, we'll share space of cons and they'll see these books on their tables and stuff like that. Then the fact that you've had the chance to work hand in hand with a lot of people in in comics, just in general, what has the reception been from when you like told these people, you know, I'm working on my own comic. Here it is. I mean, everyone is crazy supportive. Oh, that's the thing about comics is like there are the people who get like jealous or will discourage you they get washed out Mm -hmm. you know it's all such like a supportive group of people and so all the indie people it's always it's always a feeling of like i hope you do really well and i hope you you know bring all of us up with you like that's the whole thing you get a whole class of people who kind of can kind of learn to work together and they build something together and they it's their own things but they you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. Do you know? Have you seen? So you you do Kickstarters, you, you mm-hmm. or you've seen them on? Have you seen Hospice? That thing on Hospice? That um, I have. So that's what I'm talking about. That's six different creators. Yeah, that's an anthology. Six, yes, yeah. and I think Travis Gibb put it together, and, mm-hmm. and he does all the Cthulhu Invades stuff. Cthulhu so Invades I, Neverland was like the last one. Yeah, the most recently he did Oz, and he did uh, Wonderland. Yeah, was the first one I think. Um, he's amazing i met him at megacon like two years ago the blue juice guys live near him in florida so like they're all they've all kind of become friendly um but the hospice thing is amazing they create like these six completely separate creators who do different kinds of books on kickstarter and don't live near each other and have no reason to help each other Mm -hmm. and they all decided we're going to create this shared universe this one thing this one place a hospice where evil people die and demons come into the world and then each one of them are telling their own story that takes place in that little world. And then it'll be printed later in a shared anthology. Yeah. That's amazing. That's like, where else does that happen? It's like a potluck. Yes. Yes, that's great. That's a great analogy. Yes. Everyone's just like, it's like, it's a, it's a comic book potluck. 
yes and who doesn't love a potluck you know exactly it's it's so up like, in the community to make sure nobody else dies right that's it that's it and it's great you know so the whole community is kind of like that those guys are all established and now they're all working together towards that one goal but they're all lifting each other in the process and everyone's been doing that i haven't had anybody be like don't do it it's hard yeah. you know the the worst thing anyone says is welcome to the world of spending thousands to make hundreds you know because <laughs> because it, it's a passion and it's hard yeah, to make it's money true. Doing this, you know yeah, it's like some people be like look if you're really in this to make money like you're in the wrong business we we just really love that's this it. shit that's it we love the shit I mean, it's not it's not like it's hard to without, without going mainstream and doing that that whole thing mm-hmm. it's hard to you can't really make a lot of money doing this so it's not right. but that's your goal you know, going to finance. True, true. Jerry, this is this has been amazing. Um, I appreciate you jumping on this with me. Uh, I do uh, hope to see a lot more of Cicada Samurai in, in the near future, man. This, this, this seems dope. Thank you. Thanks so much, James. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So from James Grandmaster Facts, boys, Jerry Caritas, Samurai at Cicada, now live on Kickstarter, 24 days left. Thank you again. And we are... Out.